I'm pulling on my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for the drive to work. Okay, so today I'm going to talk Guilds of Ravnica. So I'm not going to talk about cards today. Today's just sort of a story of the design, of the vision design. Um, and I'm going to talk all about how the set came to be. Okay, so first off, um, this set has an interesting origin. So when we were first making it, um, we, 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 now we refer to it as the, the Bolas arc, that there were sort of three years that told this sort of larger story. I mean, Magic has an ongoing story, but, you know, there, there's sort of... Um, we had a storyline that involved Nicole Bolas and that um, it kind of started uh, in um, Kaladesh uh, and then it made its way into Amonkhet, obviously, where they went to go stop him. Like in Kaladesh, he was up to something and then they went to go stop him in Amonkhet, got their butts kicked. Um, then we saw the repercussions in Ixalan, what happened to Jace, and they all sort of got back together in Dominaria to get the things they needed to try to defeat him. Um, and anyway, we were... We wanted to set up the big finale. Uh, and so um, one of the things about the big finale is it needed to be somewhere, right? The, the, the finale ha- had to happen. Um, you know, I, I don't want to get too much away because obviously I, you guys don't know it yet. But there, there is there's a, an event, some big event that's going to happen. Um, and we needed to know where it took place. Uh, and because wherever it took place, there was some jeopardy to that, that world, we wanted it to be a world that people knew. Like, putting a world you've never seen before in Jeopardy is not particularly... It's not as exciting, right? You want the audience to, to be invested. And in order to be invested, you have to pick something that is um, something they care about. So we were looking at worlds, and uh, Ravnica seemed like a really good choice. Ravnica is one of the most popular worlds we've made, uh, and it just seemed um, prime to do cool stuff with. Um, but we said, well, we can't just go to Ravnica and, like, not be about the guilds, because Ravnica's all about the guilds, you know? And so we said, okay, here's what we'll do. First, we'll go to Ravnica. We'll have a normal... It has to be two sets, because you can't fit ten, ten guilds in one set. But we'll, we'll have a couple sets where you do Ravnica as you expect it. And then, and then, we'll do the big event. Um, and that the, that'll be all about the event, not about the world. But because we've sort of come and give you what you expected, then you're not upset when we go to the world and it's not about the world. Um, and that was our plan. So um, at the time... So remember, let, let me uh, set this a little bit. Um, at the time, uh, vision design had started, um, but we still... the. The three-in-one model, where we had three individual large sets and then a core set, um, we hadn't yet adopted that. That actually didn't get adopted till Dominaria. And even then, uh, probably not till Dominaria was in set design. Because when I designed Dominaria... Um, I, well, well, let's try to think about this. So, right. So Dominaria was in set design before we made the call. And Guilds of Ravnica had already... Yeah, so the, the entire time the Guilds of Ravnica was in Vision, we didn't... Well, the weird thing was Guilds of Ravnica and Ravnica Legions were always going to be two large sets that were drafted separately. So in some ways, whether or not we went to the new world or the old world, those two sets were going to be that way. And I think when they made the call for Dominaria to be a single large set and Salad to just turn into the core set... Um, I think, I'm trying to remember where we were, but I mean, we, essentially for all of design, I was just designing, um, 
I was designing them as a block. Uh, and all that meant, it, it didn't mean a lot, it was that I designed them together, meaning the vision design team for Guilds of Ravnica was the same team that was also at the same time designing Ravnica, Rav, Ravnica Allegiance. Um, so it, they were treated as, at the time, we hadn't yet sort of converted over to the 3-in-1 completely. So they were considered the same block, and because they were the same block, uh, they were done together. So Milk, which is the third, the, the set after Ravnica Allegiance, um, was Milk and Cookies, and that was going to be a large set and a small set, be its own block. Uh, and in fact, when I worked on Milk, um, I think Cookies still existed. So anyway, the, 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 the changeover, I'm trying to remember the exact timing, but when I'm working on Ravnica, um, Guilds of Ravnica and Ravnica Allegiance, we hadn't yet shifted over to the core set, I don't believe. And as far as I knew, these were two independent sets drafted by themselves, but um, because of our schedule. Back then, uh, the way vision design worked is I had two blocks a year. Each block got six months, but I was responsible for doing both the large and small set, the vision on both sets in it. Um, anyway, I bring all this up because the team that, I, that worked with me, we, we were doing all 10 sets at the same time. Um, I mean, we were thinking about each individual set at, for some period of time, but we were doing a lot of work on the 10 sets as a whole. Um, I'll talk about Ravnica Allegiance when we get to Ravnica Allegiance. I'm just going to talk about um, the, the five guilds that ended up in um, Guilds of Ravnica. Oh, so first, let's talk about that. Why are these five? So one of the things that came up is that we have the four, mecha- the four guilds that were originally in the, in the original Ravnica, plus is it? Um, why? How did that, how did that come to be? So here's what happened is, um, one of the ideas when we decided that we were going to go to Ravnica before we had the event on Ravnica was this idea of what if we get to watch, um, Bolas sort of try to influence the guilds. Um, and that, you know, every time we go to Ravnica, we want some sort of theme to it. And we like the idea of this was a world in which there was some sort of intrigue going on. Uh, sort of a Cold War vibe is what we called it. And the idea was, within each of the guilds, there's this, um, Bolas is trying to gain influence. And, and in every guild, there are people that are, uh, that are sort of leaning toward Bolas' side and those that aren't. And five of the guilds actually end up sort of siding with Bolas. Um, and for each of those guilds, he puts kind of in charge a planeswalker. Um... Then there's five guilds that are the resistance guilds, and those are the ones that are sort of leading the route to try to fight him. Um, and that was the idea. So when we first figured out that there were five, um, I think the first, uh, the first versions of the... So here's the things we needed. We wanted five and five. We were matching Return of Ravnica and Gate Crash and structurally. Um, we wanted all the colors represented um, evenly within set. So that meant is we had to pick five guilds in which each color is represented twice. There's a bunch of ways to do that. Um, we also don't like to do ally and enemy separations in Ravnica, only because we can do those many other places. And Ravnica is one of the weird sets, you know, one of the few sets that we really can do weird combination of colors and no one, will, no one bats an eye about it. Um, also, uh, there were some story things that were important. Um, I think, is it needed to be in the first one? Um, I think Azorius needed to be in the second one. There's, there's some story points that were important that I, I don't remember exactly, but there were certain like, oh, to tell the story you want to tell, certain guilds had to be in certain places for story purposes. 
So the original version of it was a little bit different than what we ended up with. Um, but my big problem was the way it sh- shook out was the first set had three bolus aligned gills and the second had two. And what it said was, we're trying to create a story that things are getting worse on Ravnica, that Bolus is getting a tighter influence on Ravnica. If you do three and then do two, it sounds like, oh, they're shaking off Bolus, like things are getting better. If you do two and then you do three, you're like, oh, oh you know, Ravnica, um, Bolus is getting a, more of a hold, it's getting worse. So what I said is, oh, we really need to do two and three, and so that we've moved it around. And with all the constraints of having the, 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 the gills we need for story and doing two, then doing three and having the color balance and stuff, there ended up being one way that worked, which is the way we did. Um, we did recognize at the time that it was essentially original Ravnica plus is it, um, but there were just too many of the factors we had, we had to care about. And we're like, well, probably if, you know, it, we were trying, whenever we do Ravnica, we try to make the mix up different than we've done before. I mean, this one has is it, so it's a little bit different, but um, but there were just other factors that were more important. That's why we ended up with this combination. Okay, so let me walk through the guilds and talk about sort of what our thought process. Oh, so before, in the very beginning, during exploratory design, um, one of the things I brought up is a lot of the way we design Ravnica, like back in uh, original Ravnica, I came with a structure of how to build it. Um, when we back, went back to return to Ravnica, we shifted from 4 to 3-3 three, three to 5-5, five, five, but we didn't fundamentally change how we did the guilds. The guilds are very much descri- uh, de- um, designed kind of in a silo, that each guild is sort of maximized, and then there's mechanical synergies between overlapping guilds, um, but there's not a lot of mechanical relationship between the guilds in the, in the sense of, um, is it feels for is it and uh, Demir feels Demir y, uh, and we want to make sure that Demir and Isit will play with each other, but the, the, the designs have a real silo sort of feel of how they design. You, you design them each independently, and then you start mixing them together to make sure there's overlap. Um, I had some ideas how to do things a little differently. Um, I mean, in a lot of ways, Ravnica is the world where when we revisit it, we stay the closest to how we did it the first time we were there. Now, partly because it was popular, people really liked it. But um, I was kind of interesting in shaking up, and we we had talked about it for number two. But I, I during Return to Ravnica, because I didn't lead Return to Ravnica, I, I led Gate Crash, and during Gate Crash, I had some ideas. But because Return to Ravnica had already sort of was well in underway, I, I wasn't quite able to do the things I wanted because it required all the guilds to function a little bit differently. Um, so this time out, I'm like, okay, I have some ideas how we can do this a little differently. Um, and what I was told was, look, we're, we're doing something, the, the third set's already going to be very different, and, you know, part of the reason we chose to do these sets first was give people the Ravnica that they expect. And so, like, you know, maybe we shouldn't change things too much this time. You know, you know, if, if, if we come back again, you know, you, you have carte blanche to, to try something new. But how about this time, let's just, um... Let's just sort of do more status quo. So I, I had some more radical ideas on how to change things up. Uh, and then, you know, after talking with uh, various people, it was decided, okay, now is not the time to sort of reinvent Ravnica. Um, okay, so that meant that we were going to stick with our, our, our current structure. And our current structure is every guild gets a guild mechanic. That, that is, you know, every guild has a, a set identity, a set theme, and they need to have a guild mechanic. So 
first thing we kind of set out to do is figure out, like, the one thing about the third time in Ravnica is we have a feel for the guilds. We know what the guilds are like. Um, and one of our rules when designing cards for the guild is if you took all the cards with the watermark with the guild on it from the first two blocks and shuffled in with the cards with the, with the, with the watermark at this time, well, they all feel like they're from the, they're the same guild. That was kind of our, you know, you want to stay true to the essence of what they were. Okay, so let's start with Is It. So Is It, I've always believed that Is It is the one that has the largest disconnect between kind of the philosophical sort of underpinnings of the guild and the mechanical execution of the guild. Like, Is It are the crazy inventors, um, but because we don't have a lot of space. Uh, it is hard to do a lot of artifacts. Like, like, is it seems like they'd like to be the one that has a lot of interaction with artifacts, but it's kind of hard to do when you, you just don't have a lot of space for artifacts because um, it's a multicolor set that just takes up a lot of space to do all the things you need to do. There's a lot of cycles, and there's just not a lot of excess space, so it's hard to do that. And the guild, while mechanically or flavorfully they're inventors, Mechanically, they've always red and blues always really cared about um, instants and sorceries, and so there's just a disconnect about caring about instants and sorceries and feeling like creative. And I, one of my goals was to try to solve this this time. Um, and I'll, I'll admit, um, the mechanic that we came up to try to solve this was inventive, but a little offbeat, and it ended up being. Uh, I, I really want to salvage this mechanic, so I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm trying not to give this mechanic away. Oh, sorry. Before we even got to that, before we got to that, the first thing we tried in Is It was we tried Splice onto Instant and Sorcery. I think we tried Instant and Sorcery, and then we tried Instant. Um, the idea being is we... I always thought Splice was an interesting mechanic, but it was, you know, because you had to Splice onto Arcane, it was, you know, it, it really... Um, it was parasitic. You know, it didn't, it didn't let you sort of expand. So we always... I always, late into Kamigawa, I'd come up with the, late in development, I'd come up with the idea of being, um, well, couldn't just be spliced on instant or spliced on a sorcery, and it was just too late in the process to make that change. So we started by looking into that. It turned out um, we weren't able to make the cards and make them look remotely good. That they, It's one of those mechanics that um, really has to cost a lot to be fair and the car, it, it just never, we were never able to make cards that really looked good. The, I mean, the, the ones that played okay just looked miserable. And um, sometimes you have mechanics that, like, in order to make something that's viable, it just is so unattractive looking that it, it, it just, you have to call into question whether it's something you want to do. Um, and, and the gameplay was okay, but it, I don't know, it never quite. It never quite got where we wanted. I mean, we did, we did play with it for a while. Then the idea was, um, you know, let, let's do something more inventory. And so we came up with a mechanic. Uh, the, the shorthand of it was it had to do with sort of um, mixing and matching different instants and sorceries and combining them in different ways. Uh, it was a little adventuresome, to be clear. Like, one of the problems is right now when we make sets, we tend to put... Um, what I say is three and a half mechanics per set. We tend to do three or four mechanics. Five already is a little above our average these days. Um, and what that meant was, it just means we had to make sure that our mechanics are a little on the simpler side. 
I mean, Ravnica has never really been about the mechanics. That's not where we innovate. That's not... Um, Ravnica is about the relationship between the guilds and the feel of the guilds and the interconnectivity. And, you know, there's a lot of cool things that go on in Ravnica, but the mechanics have always kind of been, okay, this is just really flavorful for the guild it's in. Not that the innovations came from the mechanics themselves. I'm not saying we did, never did any innovation, but... Um, so because, of the, because it was Ravnica, because there was five mechanics... We were trying to simplify things a little bit. My, the is mechanics that we turned over was a little more complex. And like, like I said, it, it had a bunch of problems. The, the, it's one of those things where sometimes when we make mechanics um, and you do what I call play them honestly, I meaning you play the mechanic as like, what's the point of the mechanic? We'll play it so you do that. Um, the mechanic was fun, but when you sort of optimize it, when you sort of min-maxed it, when you... We're playing it not to play what was fun about it, but just get you know squeeze the most juice out of it. Uh, it wasn't fun, and it, it, it was causing problems. And Eric and his team worked to try to fix that. Um, well, what happened is I handed this over to Eric for set design, and then at some point Eric, I think, gave it to Dave. Is that right? Um, anyway, uh, Eric, I think Eric did the most work on that. Well, no, I guess Eric. This wasn't. Um, I guess Dave, Dave did milk. Dave didn't, Dave didn't do guilds. Um, so this was Eric's set. Um, so anyway, Eric... Uh, ended up, the set design team ended up scrapping the mechanic. Uh, and one of the things that's really, really tricky about doing um, Ravnikan sets is... So you have five colors. Every... They're all guilds. Five color combinations. Every faction overlaps with two other factions because there's two of every color. So, for example, uh, let's take Is It. Is It's blue, red. Well, in this set, blue overlaps with Demir, blue, black, and red overlaps with Boros, red, white. So, one of the things that y- you have to sort of be conscious of is making mechanics that play nicely with those around it. Um, and so, uh, on one side, uh, Boros, uh, I'll, I'll get to this in a second, uh, had a co- mentor, a combat mechanic. On the other side, you had Demir. Um, that ended up having a mechanic that cared about, um, allowed you to get things into the graveyard because it was playing with Golgari anyway. Um, so what Eric eventually realized was um, that he wanted a way to cast instants and sorceries, get more instances, because the is it has an instant and sorcery matters uh, element to it. Okay, you want to get more instants and matters cast, so how do you do that? Um, and so Eric came up with a, a variant on Flashback, um, sort of a cross between Flashback and Retrace, to be honest. And the idea is, what it does is you cast the spell, and then it says, essentially, that you could turn a spell in your hand uh, into that spell, but then if you cast it, it's exiled. So it, it's sort of like you could flash it back if you pay the cost of discarding a card, or you can retrace it. Uh, if the spell gets exiled when you when you cast it, um, so it was an interesting cross between the two. And the idea essentially was that the discarding the card let you cast the spell for the co- its cost. Um, when you do flashback, you have to give it a higher flashback cost usually, um, uh, just because you know you're getting a second card out of it. So, um, and the nice thing about the discard was it interacted with what Demir was up to. Because um, Demir's Surveil could get cards in the graveyard. Well, if you get a Jumpstart card in the graveyard, you can still cast it out of the graveyard. Um, and so anyway, um, 
this was something that was crafted like it is one one of the things that's very interesting is um, this is a good example of a mechanic that is very functional plays very well you know has a lot of nice synergies but it's not particularly splashy um, I know a lot of people commented on the name Jumpstart we were trying to give it an is it feel from a flavor standpoint um, did it end up it doesn't quite have the um, I'll admit it doesn't quite have the creativity feel I was going for that is a hard thing to do with the complexity limits we have um, it does it a little but it doesn't quite do as much as I was hoping um, the other question is you can see how Surveil and Jumpstart interact because they both have a graveyard component um, Mentor is a little harder to see. Probably the Jumpstart Mentor overlap is the trickiest because inherently into the mechanics, there's not a key overlap. What we ended up doing there was being careful with the red Mentor spells. I'm, I'm sorry, the red Jumpstart spells and making sure that red Jumpstart spells were things that were advantageous in an aggressive uh, deck so that uh, a Boros deck might be encouraged to play some of the red Jumpstart spells. Okay, that brings us to Boros. So for Boros, um, we actually came up with a mechanic that I thought was a, was a very fun mechanic. And this is um, two of the mechanics I handed over from uh, Vision Design ended up in the set. Um, and, and, and like I said, the major reason was once Eric had to change the isn't mechanic, um, it required, you know, like once you start changing one thing, you start changing other things so the synergies are there. Um, and I'll, I'll get to the other things in a second, but... Um, that is kind of what was happening is like once you have to change one thing in a Ravnican set you also have to change other mechanics just because um, the, the what is special about the, the mechanics is more their synergy with each other um, allowing the because when you the way the um, drafting works is uh, you have ten draft pairs which is you have the two the five two color combinations that are the guilds and then they click together to make five three color combinations uh, and so you want to sort of build those together. So you want to make those synergies. Okay, so Boros, um, we knew it was going to be aggro. Boros is always uh, has the cheapest stuff and attacks and is the fastest of the ten guilds. Um, so what we wanted was some kind of mechanic um, that was a combat-related mechanic. Um, so... Um, Oh, well, is it before, by the way, had done Overload and done Replicate? Um, replicate copy spells and Overload makes them hit more targets. Boros had done, um, uh, what's it called? The Reflection one. Um, I'm blanking on it because I, I don't remember it. Uh, and it had Battalion. Uh, what's it called the first time? The, the, the one in original Ravnica was when you targeted something, you targeted everything else that shared a color with it. Um, Radiance. Radiance it was called. Um, and it, it's definitely one of those... Not that, it, not that it didn't have some play in the way that Boros played. It, it, it did fit the play style, but flavor-wise, it wasn't a great fit. And the fact that it sometimes hit you and your opponent... It, anyway, it, was, it wasn't the greatest fit for the guild. I mean, not, I don't dislike the mechanic, but it wasn't the greatest Boros mechanic. Um, I thought Battalion was a really good Boros mechanic because it really said, hey, we're about attacking with a lot of creatures. So I like the idea of a combat mechanic that you're attacking with multiple creatures, and I don't know who came up with Mentor, someone on the vision design team. Um, so the idea of Mentor was, okay, well, if I have Mentor, I can mentor those around me. And what that means is, if I attack with somebody else who has less power than me, um, I can put a plus one, plus one counter on them. 
And one of the cool things was that creatures that have mentor could be mentored by other creatures. And if they're mentored by other creatures, then they can mentor more creatures that are of higher power. Um, and it had a really fun play, and it definitely was, uh, it was one of the mechanics, one of my favorites of the, of the Guild, Guild of Ravnica mechanics, in that it just, it was something that, like, clearly hit all the things we needed to. It was a combat mechanic and made you want to attack with multiple things. Um, all things that Boros wanted to do, but just it had a little bit different of a flavor. And I like, um, Boros have sort of a sense of honor to them. I mean, they're the police, essentially, of Ravnica. And while, you know, the red-white, uh, they definitely sort of have, um, they'll do what they need to do to get the job done sort of feel to them. They definitely have a lot of passion in what they do. And I love the idea that they really are eager to teach one another and that they're, they're mentors to one another. I thought was a, a pretty cool Boros feel. Um, okay. So Boros interacts with Izzet, which is Jumpstart. So, um, like I said, the red, the red um, Jumpstart cards are making sure interact well in, in a combat situation. Um, the other side is Boros is uh, red-white, so we get to Selesnia. Selesnia is, um, is white-green. Um, so we, uh, Selesnia was, we ended up going with Convoke. I'll get to that in a second. Um, the thing about Convoke is Convoke likes having lots of small creatures. Boris, by their nature, wants to be a, a go-wide attack deck, so it tends to have a lot of creatures. So there was natural synergy there. That, that seemed fine. Um, okay, so let's talk Selesnia. So we actually experimented. So Selesnia, so far, has had a pretty good, um... When you go back and look at previous mechanics, both his previous mechanics were very strong mechanics. The first time was Convoke uh, in Original uh, Ravnica, and then in um, Return to Ravnica, it got Populate, which allowed you to copy tokens. Um, and both of those both played well, were very popular with, with the fans. Um, and we had said to ourselves when we came back that returning mechanics were not off-limits. Uh, the first two times we did it, we said, okay, only new guild mechanics. But because I already knew that we were a bit over on complexity and we had just been there two times already, I was like, okay, if we need to do a mechanic, we can reprint a mechanic. Um, and what I did envision is we came up with five new mechanics, but with the idea that if we had to um, change one, we could change it. Um, and so we ended up having a... Um, Eric really liked that. Eric ended up looking for a Convoke-like mechanic and eventually settled on, you know what's a Convoke-like mechanic? Convoke, uh, and ended up with Convoke. Now, we, he definitely tried to play around a little bit, made a few cards that care about Convoke in a slightly different manner. Um, there are definitely some cards, for example, that care about being tapped, uh, that, you know, in, interact really nicely with Convoke. Um, uh, and so Convoke, um, Convoke, obviously, uh, Celestia overlaps with Boros, because that's the white guild, the other white guild, and Golgari, because that's the other green guild. Golgari being green-black, obviously. Um, and so one of the, the tricks about Selesnia was sort of playing nice with, um, with Golgari. And um, so Golgari ends up with a mechanical undergrowth I'll get to in a second, but undergrowth cares about creature cards in Graveyard. Oh, well, Selesnia I mean, has a creature-focused mechanic. It wants lots of creatures in its deck, more than normal. And so, look, if you have a creature, you know, if you have a lot of creatures and you're aggressive with your creatures. Uh, I mean, it, Celestia is less aggressive than Boros. But anyway, you'll end up with creatures in your graveyard. And if you have a, a creature-themed deck and you have a lot of creatures, well, creatures will die and you'll get creatures in your deck. So there's some natural synergy there. Um, 
The nice thing with Mentor is that Mentor really wants multiple creatures attacking. Well, you know, Selesnia, like Boros, has, has a creature-oriented go-wide strategy. Um, Boros is a little bit more about um, an aggressive go-wide, where Selesnia is a little more about building up the board and, and sort of overwhelming the opponent, but more like building up, building up, building up, and then a, a, a big sort of attack where you overwhelm them. Um, sometimes Celestia will go what we call vertical, where it'll like help set up one giant creature that's going to win the game for you. Sometimes it's just you overrun them with so many creatures, but usually they're not quite as small as with Boros. They're a little bit bigger. Um, and I know there was a lot of discussion. Oh, so the thing that we tried in uh, Divine, not Divine, in, um, the thing we tried in Vision Design is um, ever since we've done, we did Landfall, uh, and then we did um, Constellation, which was essentially Enchantment Fall. We've been talking about doing Creature Fall. And Creature Fall, I mean, this is something we, we've done on cards, just naming it and making the theme within a set, which is, okay, every time you play a creature, something happens. Um, and it ended up feeling a little bit like the Allies did, because um, the Allies had a bunch of Enter the Battlefield that, that cared about Allies. Um, this was a little more focused. Um, the problem uh, Eric ended up having, the reason Eric actually took out uh, I forget what we called it, but the Creature Fall, was it was too synergetic with Boros. So there's a thing we call the Naya problem, which is that the natural state of what Boros wants to do and what Selesnya wants to do is probably the closest of any two guilds. They're both creature-centric, and they're both have sort of a go-wide strategy to them. I mean, Boros is a little bit more aggressive, but there, there's a lot of similarities, and one of the problems is... Um, we want to make sure that all the three-color pairings, the, the, the five three-color pairings that you could do, um, are all equally viable. And the synergy was just too high. Um, and so Eric ended up taking out the mechanic, not because it didn't work, but it just worked too effectively with, with Boros. Um, one of the things in general was Boros already, um, you know, the, the thing Creaturefall wanted was a lot of tokens and a lot of small creatures, and Boris already is going that direction. It, like, it wants it anyway. It played well with Mentor anyway. Uh, and so we ended up sort of pulling back a bit and trying something that was synergistic, but not quite so synergistic. Um, so that's how we ended up with Convoke. Okay, next, Golgari. So Golgari, uh, first time around we did Dredge, which is you could choose to um, draw the card out of your graveyard instead of your draw, but you had to mill some cards um, cards from top of your um, library into your graveyard to do that. Um, Dredge is probably the most broken guild mechanic we've made. Uh, second time, it had Scavenge, um, which was a mechanic that let you creatures, once they died, could be exiled to grant um, plus one, plus one counters to existing creatures. Um, so the idea essentially is, once they die, you get to use their component parts to make your creatures better. Um, a very, very Golgari feel. Um, so we knew from, I mean, Golgari is very centered on the graveyard. Black and green are the graveyard colors, and Golgari's whole thing is about sort of the cycle of life and, you know, making use of things that are dead and, and bringing them back. And um, So we knew we wanted a graveyard-centric mechanic. We tried a bunch of different things. I mean, nothing, nothing really gelled. Um, and then Eric, well, while we were in vision design, Eric actually made a suggestion. Um, he and I talked a bit about some of the problems with Golgari. And so he printed a mechanic, um, I think we were calling it Necrobloom at the time, it's not called Undergrowth. And what it is, is um, it sort of took what I would call a Lurgoyf mechanic, which is a Lurgoyf counts up the number of creature cards in your graveyard. 
Um, the logo might count all graveyards, but this one counts your graveyard. Uh, and says, okay, the more more creature cards in your graveyard, the stronger the spell gets to be. Um, but the one thing that Eric felt strongly about was he didn't like when you have to constantly monitor, like, oh, this is this is star, you know, star, whatever. How big is it? And you're constantly checking, and it's just it's a lot of, of busy work checking. And so the idea he liked is, okay, we'll cast spells. You will check at the time that you cast the spell, uh, or, or the if it's a creature, it enters the battlefield, but around the same time. Uh, and then you will get a number, that number will matter, and then you're done. The number matters. And so, um, so the nice thing about Golgari is, um, uh, the mecha- undergrowth mechanic was, it allowed you to make effects that would grow as the game goes along. Because the natural state of the game is your graveyard gets filled up. Um, and it allowed us to mess around a little bit and do some cool interactional stuff with the graveyard. Demir normally has a mill theme and they overlap in blue, so one of the ways to make milling mean something is make sure that it can hit you, and then if you're playing, you know, if you're playing blue, black, or green, maybe you're using the milling stuff to feed your own graveyard so that you can do, do, do cool stuff. Um, and so we, um, it was one of those mechanics that like, one of the things about guild mechanics in general is you don't, you don't need a lot of space. Like, you're going to make 8 to 12 cards with the mechanic. Um, and so the guild mechanics are really good for mechanics that are kind of cool but have a limited amount of space to them. And, and Undergrowth is a good example where it's a scalable effect. It's got to be in green or black. There's not an endless number of scalable effects. There's some. Enough, enough that I knew we could build this. Um, but not an endless number. And so one of the things that were... That why I think this was a good mechanic for Golgari is it's super flavorful. It really plays into the themes that um, Golgari wants to play into, and it is just not the mechanic you can make infinite cards out of. It really is kind of limited in what you can do. So it's well it's well suited to be um, a guild mechanic. So undergrowth um, Golgari plays with Celestia, as I said, because Celestia just is creature centric, has a lot of creatures that are going to die naturally, and then you can use that. You know, so if you're playing black, green, white. You know, it's a strategy where you're going to build up, build up, and use a graveyard as a resource because you have a lot of creatures. Um, with Demir, A, Demir has a milling theme, so it, there, there was an interaction with that. Um, and the other thing was, we liked the idea that the um, Demir mechanic could help feed um, the graveyard in general. And I'll get to Surveil in a second, but Surveil allows you to get cards into your graveyard and... Some of those cards can be creature cards, so that can help you in um, fueling your undergrowth spells. Okay, so now we get to Demir. So Demir probably had the hardest time. So the first time we did Transmute, and the second time we did Cypher. Um, Transmute was an interesting mechanic. Black and blue definitely are sort of the most library-centric of the guilds. Um, the problem is R&D really started shying away from um, tutoring mechanics. They just lead to a real repetitive game state uh, when I can go get what I want out of my deck instead of randomly drawing it. I go get what I want. And so I more, I, I more often and more reliably get the same card, and so just the gameplay plays out the same. So not that we don't want tutors, although we are definitely looking at more, looking at top of the deck for stuff. You know, look at the top end cards to find, you know, O thing. Um, because that allows you to build your deck around it without leading you toward... One of the problems with tutoring also is uh, that it makes you sort of just put single versions of things you want in your deck. Um, and that, that 
doesn't tend to necessarily make you always do what we want you. Like, like a lot of times we want you to care. We want your deck to be full of the thing, not to say, oh, I'm just going to have one singular thing in my deck. Um, anyway, um, the mechanic we tried with Demir was... Um, it was a uh, ninjutsu variant. Um, and the idea was... Um, it, it was kind of reverse ninjutsu was the way it worked. Um, or not reverse ninjutsu. It was, it was ninjutsu, but... Um, I, I guess it was, a, uh, it was just a variant of ninjutsu. ninjutsu. The idea essentially was um, that if I have something attacking, um, I could swap the creature in my hand to, to, that I could exchange it with a creature that's attacking if it's unblocked. Um, the difference is that the thing that it's exchanging um, maintains all the qualities that it has. If it has equipment on it, if it has enchantments on it, if it has counters on it, uh, whatever state, that you're literally exchanging the things. Um, that it's, it's kind of, the flavor is it's turning into that thing. That through magic, it's turning into that thing. Um, so another mechanic that I made that was kind of cool... Um, but a little complex, uh, and it ended up being a little bit too much just to make, to, to do what we wanted to do in the rules. It was a little bit wordy and a little hard to understand. And, um, uh, it just, it, I, I had aired, one of the things that I tend to do, um, especially when I'm handing off to Eric is I like to make things super, super flavorful. Um, cause Eric's great at fine tuning things. But usually, um, he likes me to give him a little out-of-the-box stuff that he might not necessarily think of himself. Um, and so I was definitely a little more fanciful with the Guilds of Ravnica guilds. And I think in the end, I, I made a few things that were a little bit too complicated. Uh, the Demir mechanic is a good example where it was a little bit too much, and we had to pull back. So Eric was trying to solve the problem of, I have Izzet on one side, I have Golgari on the other side. How do I, how do I care about that? Um... And he liked the idea that the Demir were about information and then they were about sort of manipulating information. That felt very flavorful for the guild. Um, and I think the big thing he realized was the jumpstart-surveil combination of what if I make it such that um, the Demir mechanic is playing in some space where we're getting stuff to the graveyard and both things on the side care that that is so. Jumpstart can recast instant sorceries because if you're going to cast instant and sorceries, you need for them to be the graveyard. It's the logical place to cast them a second time. Um, and Golgari is the graveyard-centric one. You knew they could do something with the graveyard. Um, so Eric started with the idea of something to do with information, and we want to get cards in the graveyard. And he tried a bunch of different things. In the end, what he realized is what he really wanted was basically scry with a tweak. Because scry, normally when you scry, you look at the top end cards of your library, you choose whether to leave them on top of the library in whatever order, or put them on the bottom of your library. And what Eric wanted really was that, except instead of bottom of the library, they went to the graveyard. Um, and like I said, one of the things that we were willing to do was, um, we said that not every mechanic necessarily had to be a new mechanic. That also meant that we were willing to sort of take old mechanics and tweak them a little bit. Um, I mean, like I said, jump starts a cross between two old mechanics between Retrace and Flashback. And Surveil is, look, it's a tweak on Scry. It's what it is. Um, it's, a, it's an important tweak, and in this particular set, it does a lot of good. 
And so one of the things that you definitely, um, I mean, when Eric first came up with this, the thing I think he liked so much about it was it just had the balance he needed. Um, and the cool thing about it is when you surveil, you're, you're definitely getting the information you want and you're definitely doing something that feels very demure-y. Um, but, you know, the reason it plays with Is it is you're getting jumpstart cards into your graveyard. The reason it plays with Golgari is you're getting creatures in your graveyard. So you're feeding undergrowth. Um, oh, the one thing I should mention about Golgari this time, this is a little bit different, is previous Golgari mechanics, they themselves worked in the graveyard. You know, Scavenge worked in the graveyard. Demir, not Demir, uh, Dredge worked in the graveyard. Uh, and this is a little kind of different take, which is it's a mechanic that cares about the graveyard, but not a mechanic that works in the graveyard. Um, and just a little bit different. Um, sometimes when you get in a certain mindset, like Golgari is graveyard-oriented, but it doesn't have to be in the graveyard. It doesn't have to work in the graveyard. Um, and I think that one of the things when Eric made this pitch for this mechanic it really said to us, oh, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Like, Lurgoifs, that, that kind of stuff is very graveyardy, but it's not living and breathing in the graveyard. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so one of the things that we definitely did is because we treated this like it was a block, um, we, there clearly is a relationship between the two sets. I mean, it's kind of funny that we moved away from the block just as the set was coming because... In some ways, especially the, the, the first... Guilds of Ravnica and Ravnica Allegiance are very much aware of one another. Um, we have a number of cycles that are 10-card cycles that five of them are in the first set and five are in the second set. Um, milk is its own thing. I mean, milk is uh, what I will call an event set, which is a new thing we're trying, where it's, it's about something that happens more so than where it is. Like, it's not environmental as much. Um, most sets, it's kind of like all about, well, what world is it on? And it's very environmental to the world. Um, and so, the both Guilds of Ravnica and Ravnica Allegiance are, are much more old school in that sort of, like, okay, they're about the place. We're in Ravnica, and we're making choices about how to maximize Ravnica. Milk is doing something very different. And, like I said, Milk really... Um, when we get to Milk and I explain Milk, like, I, I had a very out-there ask, and I how to get creative and figure out how to do it. And so we did some pretty cool stuff uh, in Milk. But um, part of sort of us doing, making Milk a little different kind of set made me more willing to have these sets be a little more straight-laced. Um, when looking at Guilds of Ravnica, we definitely, um, the Shocklands were originally going to be, actually originally in Ixalan and Dominaria. Uh, and then, I forget why we made that change. Um, but it's a running joke in R&D that we named the, paint, uh, the Shockland to be um, setting neutral. So we put them in any world, and then we always put them on Ravnica. Um, one day, one day we'll shot clans down on Ravnica, just to justify the names. Um, we also, oh, so the, the guild leaders, we had to shake things up a little bit. Oh, the one big difference is between uh, Guilds of Ravnica and Ravnica Allegiance, and um, the previous two Ravnica sets is we had something we did not have before, which is we have two fives, which is five of the guilds are leaning toward Bolas, and five of them are, are leaning toward resisting Bolas, and we treated those a little bit differently. And so some of our cycles are ten-card cycles in which all of them are treated the same. They're a shock land, everyone has a shock land. They're a gate, everyone has a gate. Things in which they're all the same. And some in which they're a little bit different. For example, 
the leaders of the guild, if you are a bolus-aligned guild, you get a planeswalker to be your leader. So, for example, in Guilds of Ravnica, the two guilds that we know fall in the bolus are Izzet and Golgari, because they have um, Ral and Vraska leading them. Um, so what we did is, um, if you're not if you're not with Bolas, you get a uh, legendary creature that is your leader, and then everybody gets a legendary creature just because you know commander and brawl are thing. Um, and there's a lot of fun characters we want to revisit. So um, there are two cycles, but one cycle is kind of five and five. It's a planeswalker and legendary creature guild leader cycle, and then there's just other creatures. Um, before we did a, a previous Ravnica blocks, we did a guild leader cycle and a guild champion cycle. Um, the excess ones sort of vary from guild to guild. Um, so the second, the, the, the other legendary creature cycle is not quite as, I mean, it's kind of what the, what the sets needed and what characters we wanted to talk about and who made sense in the story. Um, so it's not quite as tight as previous times. Um, we did, we did gates again and there's gate matter cards and, um, we did the Shocklands again. Um, we did Guild Mages again. We did Split Cards. We did Hybrid. We, we did a lot of things that you would expect for us to do. Um, set Design did come up with a cool way to combine the Split Cards and the Hybrid Cards. That's something that was done in Set Design. Um, Vision had both Hybrid Cards and had um, um, Split Cards, but not in the combination that they ended up in the final set. Um, we also uh, had guild. We went, we went through a lot of different versions of guild mages. Um, I think the one they ended up with is we had tried like five different things, and one of them is the set design ended up going with. Although I think we had turned over a slightly different version of guild mages, and they went back to one of the previous ones we had tried. Um, but anyway, that my friends, I'm, 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 I've now just parked. Uh, that is guilds of Ravnica. So um, this is definitely one of those sets where. I tried a lot of stuff in vision design, and I was uh, I, I pushed things a little bit. Um, one of the things I find with, with working with Eric, one of the roles of vision design is knowing your set designer and designing toward your set designer. Um, and Eric really likes me to push things a little bit, and then he can pull back if he needs to. Um, that's just how Eric, you know, Eric knows that I'm good at sort of doing the, the weirder things. Uh, and Eric is really good at doing sort of the structural straight lay stuff, so he likes me to push a little bit. Um, I think that's what happened here is I was pushing the mechanics a little more. They ended up being a little bit more uh, complex than we needed, and Eric made some changes in set design to clean those up. Um, it does mean that these mechanics are a little more functional than splashy, um, but like I said, the Ravnica mechanics really... Um, Ravnica sets don't live and breathe on the splashiness of the mechanics. It's, it's never really been true. Um, and that's true this time. Um, but they play really well, and they combine really well, and they synergize really well, which is what you want out of your Ravnica mechanics. So I think they do a really good job of doing what, and at their heart, they need to do. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this, and I hope you're having fun. But by the time you're hearing this, you're playing with Guilds of Ravnica. Uh, it's a really fun set, so I hope you're enjoying it. Uh, and um, when we get to Ravnica Allegiance, I will talk all about that set. And I mean, there's some things that went on during that that went on during the same time period, but I'm, because you guys don't know that yet, I have to wait. Uh, and then at some point I'll get to Milk. Milk is Milk has a fascinating uh, vision design story. Um, that is definitely something where I went a little more outer limits, and we did it. So anyway, um, uh, I got to get going because I'm at work. So uh, it's time for me to stop talking about magic, and uh, sorry, start yeah, start talking about magic, and time to start making magic. I messed that up. But anyway, uh, I'll see you guys next time. Uh, bye bye. <laughs>